Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. There are many types of Baptists, but being a Baptist once meant that you were a fundamentalist. Over the years, many Baptists have strayed from the fundamentals and thus attack those who remain true to the faith. This podcast will address the issues surrounding what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Somebody said, Brother House, fundamentalists are changing, aren't they? No, fundamentalists don't change. Folks quit being fundamentalists. God says when the troubles come, He said fight. You can't fight. He said withstand. You can't withstand. He said stand. What does it mean to stand? He said don't change. What? Don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the Word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I I thank God it's a perfect book, and I, I love the Bible. Doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why does every generation feel that we got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it fast for us, and our granddaddy did it like that, and let's change it just a little bit. You change it, and things that are different are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. All right. Hello and welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. Uh, For those of you joining, uh, this is the co-host Tim Peterson here today again with my brother, Matthew Peterson, and we are doing the part two of the top 10 reasons why we chose to remain in an independent fundamental Baptist church and the churches that we go to. And so if you didn't get a chance to listen to our first one, um, go ahead and and, uh, go back there and listen to our uh, first few reasons, which we'll do a little bit of a recap of that. But Matt, glad to have you on. It's good to be here. I enjoy getting to talk talk about this kind of stuff. This is something that we're giving our whole life to, so it's something exciting to talk about, that's for sure. But um, I wanted to, to just mention kind of with the last podcast going into this one, uh, we've talked a lot about our lives and how me and Tim have grown up. And it's not the way that many of you have grown up. Uh, some of you, it is exactly how you've grown up. But I want to say this to those of you who maybe didn't have the uh, strong parents that we've had and the, the strong um, unity with our church that we've had, that just because you didn't have it, doesn't mean you can't give it to your kids. And I think I think what I hope from all of, all of this is to encourage parents, young parents and and whoever's listening to try to stick with what we've been taught through God's word and to adopt it into your own life whether you have inherited it yourself or whether you are just jumping into all of this stuff just something where uh, you can listen to some of these points and think, I want that for my family, or yes, I grew up with that too. I'm going to hang on to that for me. Um, We just had Memorial Day recently, and and I was just thinking about um, just how important it is to remember 
our who sacrificed for our freedom and how much sacrifice was made. And I think it's so important that we also spend time in memorial remembering who sacrificed for our freedom in Christ and for our Christianity and, and our faith and, and belief. I mean, just uh, not only those who gave their life, like I think of William Tyndale and Felix Manns and Conrad Grable and Obadiah Holmes and, and the stories just go on forever to reflect on who has sacrificed for our lives, but then also to remember uh, just the, the more recent people who have sacrificed in our life our pastor and our Sunday school teachers and our parents who have given up so much to pass on to us. And it would be such a shame for us to not remember it um, or to to take it for granted. I think of Proverbs 23, 23 says, buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. And I, I think of that, that, that phrase, buy the truth and sell it not. We've all, we've all inherited some truth, whether it's through our pastor or through our parents, and we've inherited, um, you know, the Bible, the scriptures that lead to salvation. We've inherited that uh, the Bible being a lamp for our feet and a light to our path. We've inherited a perfect heavenly Father. We've inherited the Holy Spirit. We've inherited uh, a church that believes the Bible in all manner of faith and practice. Uh, we got me and Tim got to grow up in a Christian school that sheltered us from the sewage of this world. And yes, I said shelter. We we've got to have that type of shelter from this sewage of a world. Uh, we had um, we've been inherited the chance to pass on our inheritance to our next generation. And the question is, is are we going to buy in to that inheritance or are we going to despise our birthright like Esau did? Uh, the Bible says in Genesis 25, 34, thus Esau despised his birthright. It's not that he hated his birthright. It's he just didn't buy into it. He didn't care about it. It's like if you forget to uh, feed the dog. You're just, you're despising your dog. You're just neglecting it. And he didn't care about the importance of his birthright. Thus, he despised it and gave it away for a bowl of beans, right? And, uh, and I, I think of the other example I was thinking of is, is Naboth. Naboth had that vineyard that he inherited by his fathers. And, uh, and when Ahab came and wanted to buy it from him, he offered him a better field and he offered him money for that field. And Naboth stuck with the answer that the Lord forbid it. The Lord said, no, I the Lord told me that I can't give away my inheritance from my fathers and I will not sell my field. And that was his answer. And, and it's not that the Lord told him. The Lord had, had given that instruction to his fathers and that was passed down to him. And he used it as, hey, God said, I can't give up my inheritance, and he is bought into his inheritance. He knew what the Lord had said about it, and he knew what he believed about it. And so even when, I think of, it says Naboth, um, Naboth's palace was built hard against Naboth, I'm sorry, Ahab's palace was built hard against Naboth's field. And Naboth inherited that field before Ahab's palace was there. And Ahab had built up and he had plans to take over that vineyard. But but Naboth, he, he stood his ground. He held strong and he said, I'm not going to give it up. And of course, you know, the, the sons of Belial came along to accuse him, uh, false accuse him of I, the Bible doesn't say or it says blasphemy, I guess. But uh, and he gave his life for that field. But man, that's the type of 
of strong stance I want to have for what I have inherited. And, and then if you haven't, or you, everybody who's listening to this, if you're a Christian, you've inherited an inheritance of the scriptures and of this type of faith, this Baptist doctrinal faith. And it's your choice on whether or not you're going to buy into the inheritance or despise the inheritance. But to me, my inheritance is worth more to me than my bowl of feelings, like like Esau, than my bowl of beans. Uh, it's worth more to me than a better position or more money that Ahab will offer. And, and all of that will come and try to attack your inheritance. And if you haven't bought in to your inheritance, then you're going to be willing to give it up for whether it be you're hungry, your feelings uh, take over, or you want a better position, or you want uh, the, the money that this world has to offer. And anyway, so it, it's, it, it's so important. So many people in the Bible didn't buy into their inheritance, and we see the end result. And then so many of our friends haven't bought into the inheritance, and so they ended up losing it. And so anyway, the, that, was a, that was like a, a short little sermon. But the whole point of this podcast, in my mind, is to encourage all of you to buy in to the inheritance of the scriptures and the inheritance that we have gotten through our Baptist forefathers. It's that that faith of our fathers that we want to hang on to, and not just the faith. I I, I one of my uh, my point number ten. I started off with with why I chose um, IFB was because my parents chose it, and but what's the difference between uh, a Buddhist child choosing what their parents taught them? Right? What's what's the difference? To me, the difference is 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 it's not only what my parents taught me, but it's that my parents have pointed me to the Bible. And I have a Bible that I could go yep. to as my final authority. And so I'm believing my parents and I'm being pointed to the Bible. And in combination of those two things, when I can't fully understand uh, what the Bible is saying about it, I can I can fall back to my parents, and then and we they they work together is what I'm trying to say, and uh, whereas uh, a a Buddhist child sadly they're just going off of what they've been taught, but they don't have a source of authority that they can also go to. But anyway, it's it's just it's important that we stick with what we've inherited and and hang on to it with a tenacious fiery, I'm not letting go, um, uh, uh, thus saith the Lord, the Lord forbid it me to give up my inheritance, no matter what is being offered to me. So anyway, I think that's the point to me of what I'm trying to um, to encourage others on in, in the reason for why we chose uh, to be an independent fundamental Baptist is is for these reasons. And so if you can apply this to your life as as if you say, yes, I grew up the same way. Hang on to it. You say, I haven't grown up that same way. Well, buy into it, and uh, and I guarantee you, it will it will help you in this in this fight. But uh, my my point number ten was my parents chose IFB, and so therefore I'm that's that's what pointed me uh, to choose it. Um, uh, let's see. The next one was our doctrinal stance, the emphasis on soul winning, the three S's, soul winning, separation, and scripture. And that is what defines us from every other um, Christian church out there. 
is uh, is that stance right there. Um, and my number eight was we grew up with very little media, and media is destroying our families, destroying our men uh, with the the filth that's available through uh, phones and and through the internet and media. But it's also destroying our kids because it's 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 being the replacement entertainment for for how they're uh, they're they're spending their free time and anyways it's it's killing us as america and as christians um and then i grew up i had some god pursuing friends and i stuck with those god pursuing friends and and though i feel like that was a huge help to me that uh we encouraged each other and that iron sharpened iron and and um and and anyway um the number six i had was we had clean fun and uh, our family had just grew up having a lot of fun. We grew up in a fun youth department. We grew up in, in a fun Christian life. But we were also taught that fun wasn't what it's all about. And and that we were taught that, that you have to, uh, you can have fun as a Christian, but you've got to have the spiritual side of of Christianity as well, but but have fun. I, I want to encourage you, especially young parents, do fun things with your kids and make the Christian life a fun life, and uh, so they can see that you can have fun in Christ and you can also stand strong in Christ. And then uh, and that th- those are my my first five right there. So I'm gonna bounce the ball over to your court. Awesome. No, that's good. That is good stuff. Had so many thoughts while you're going through, especially the main, the main reasons why. And I'm with you on, on the whole goal really of these episodes is really just to be an encouragement uh, to those who are uh, really in, in, a, in the same place that we're at. And there are a lot of people I went to Bible college with, a lot of people that I know, and, and there is a constant push by just just not only just living in this world, but by fellow Christians who have changed their stance on things, good people, really good people. There's a lot of people that I, I care about and love and know, but I'm not going to change in areas that they've changed. I can still love them. I can still be an encouragement to them. I can still pray for them. I don't need to berate mm-hmm. them for believing different than me. That's not the goal. That's not what we're about. Um, uh, but but like you said, buying the truth and selling it not. And the Bible also talks about, um, you know, grace and truth, having the spirit of grace and truth. And there's very, it's a very important mix. And so that's right. hopefully um, what you gather from us going through this is, is if you're somebody who's, you believe different than us on, on this, we don't hate you. And we're not trying to yeah. talk bad about you. That's not a smear campaign. We're just trying to be an encouragement to those of you who have been taught like we've been taught, or maybe if you have not to hopefully point you to the scriptures and that studying the scriptures uh, will most likely lead you back to some of these things on believing the Bible, believing God's word and pointing your children to do the same and how important it is. When you went through um, uh, Naboth and, and, and those examples, I think of just off the top of my head when you were saying that the, the Rechabites uh, yeah, from, exactly. uh, from the Old Testament, I think they're mentioned in Jeremiah and a few other, you know, how the Rechabites for hundreds of years, they dwelt in tents, they didn't drink wine, they didn't do uh, many things because their father, if I remember right, I believe it was Jonadab the Rechabite, I could be getting that name wrong, but the Rechabite line, they, they didn't buy houses, they didn't build houses, they didn't buy land, they were nomads and they were, they dwelt in tents and they were known for that and God used them as an example I believe when talking to Jeremiah about how important it was 
it wasn't that what their great 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 grandfather had charged them to do was necessarily um, by the book of the law at that point. But it was something he charged them to do, and they all continued to do it. Exactly. And God pointed them out how much he cared about them honoring uh, their great, great, great grandfather. That was a big deal to God. So, so obviously there is, you know, if you have parents who push you to do things that are wrong and are anti-Bible, then, then that's a different story. But if you have parents who have pushed you to follow God's word, pushed you to stay close to the scriptures, to stay separate, to stay soul winning, to stay doing all those things, God blesses not only for you doing those things, but for honoring your honoring what you've been taught by those, uh, for your, by your parents and by your leaders. God loves that God that's all throughout that principle is all throughout scripture and so uh for those who are in a situation like this you're uh you've been married uh for several years you got kids you're either working in ministry working full-time trying to do ministry things along the way you've been through bible college and and there's a push to cause you to change I just hope to be an encouragement to you that that changing to be more like the things of this world and add more of the world and the world's lifestyle and the world's music and the world's dress and all of that into your life. Um, I have never seen that go well for people. I just have it. And it's not a path that I want to go down. So right. it's just to be an encouragement to you that, right. Hey, staying close uh, to God and not following um, culture because culture, culture changes all the time, but God's word doesn't change. So holding fast is something that doesn't change and not just following with the culture because the culture, as we've seen over the last uh, several decades has gotten so filthy and so messed up and so vile. And, uh, and I think it's very important for us to be tethered to God's word as our rock. And as the, the, the thing that we, we place our faith in, we go back to whenever we're questioned. It is something that we're always able, always ready to give an answer for the hope that lieth within us. And that's not just the hope I believe of, of salvation, but but it's also the hope when when you get asked by a coworker who doesn't uh, understand why you don't drink, and you're not trying to like shove it in their face, you don't drink. But hey, well, you never you never drank, you never. Why do you do that? And then you get to share with them not that hey you're a bad person, but hey man, w- the God's word talks about alcohol, and it's been such a blessing in my life. I've never had to face these these things from alcohol, or I've never had to face these problems because I followed God's word. It can point him back to scripture. And ultimately those things can point him back to salvation and they can see that life lived that, that is pointing back to the cross and pointing back to Jesus Christ. And, uh, it's not just to, to shove in someone's face that you don't live like I do. And so you're, you're a bad person. No, it's ultimately to point back to the cross. So anyway, that is hopefully to be an encouragement to those of you who, uh, who you're, uh, young in ministry, your uh, younger family, mid twenties, late twenties, early thirties, and if uh, you're older than that, listening to us and and things, we hope to be an encouragement to you too. But we're not trying to take this place of authority in anybody's lives. We're literally just on here to be an encouragement. And if you think we don't sound scripted or anything like that, it's because we're not. You're literally just getting to listen in onto Matt and I's conversation. Like if you were to listen to a phone call of Matt and I, many times, it, sometimes it's catch up on different things. But we get into d- theology and doctrine and things all the time. So you just sort of get to get to listen in and if you disagree with some of it i'm sorry uh we're trying to just um uh say what god wants us to say so uh, my recap real quick and then we'll jump right in and uh get get to these um my recap was um my number 10 was i fear god and i believe he blesses those who hold fast to the doctrine instruction traditions and even the form of sound words that they have been taught 
My number nine was the stand for the King James Bible, how important that is to have mm-hmm. a, uh, a word of God, a perfect word of God. It is very important. Yeah. And, uh, and the more you change on the word of God in different versions over and over again, your theology, your, your view on salvation, your view on repentance, your review on everything, your view on everything changes. And so it is an ever changing thing. Um, so I believe that staying consistent is good. Um, the, and then number eight, the emphasis on the great commission. And I'm going to get into that a little bit of that today. Uh, again, just how important that is. So many churches, uh, don't have a push for that. Number seven. Um, uh, I want my children to receive what I received and experience the joy in serving Jesus and in yielding their will to his will. Uh, and the pleasures of this world is, uh, are not, are not better than what God has off has to offer. And I want them to see that how living for Christ and giving your life and serving and offering your, your body as a willing sacrifice to him, how happy of a life it is. It's so, so much fun. And then number six, um, I had a pastor uh, growing up, and I have a pastor now who has uh, who they've taught the Word of God and haven't changed what they believe. They weren't teachers carried about with every wind of doctrine, but watchmen on the tower proclaiming the truth. So yeah. uh, those were my uh, five. So Matt, go ahead and uh, if you'd like, jump us into the uh, the rest of ours, and we'll try and bust these out. Sure. Yeah. Those are those. Man, I'd love to keep talking about all all of those, but let's let's keep going. Um, my ne- my next one is is um, biblical discipline. We were raised with biblical discipline, and working with kids, I get to work in the children's ministry here at Faith Baptist Church uh, in Wildemar. If you didn't hear the first podcast, but we are lacking biblical discipline in America. And we're turning into this psychology-based reasoning with our kids, this friendship-based uh, um, trying to to talk our kids into obeying, and that is so anti-biblical. And it's been it's been a battle going on for years, and and I know um, that's been that's been a, a huge attack. But I feel like I've been seeing it more and more, even in in Christian circles of of just kids who have blatant um, disrespect for authorities because they have no fear of authority. And there's there's no fear of, of, of even hurting a relationship uh, with authority, and that is very anti-biblical. Um, now, you could dissect that and try to criticize that as much as you want, but the Bible says in Hebrews 12.5, My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Verse 11, Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. And we have got to have that chastening uh, going on in our home. And growing up, we had plenty of chastening. I think Tim actually had the most chastening of all of us, but <laughs> uh, we had... I did. I think it's on record. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, we had... Uh, I mean, I can remember telling a lie and and literally we had a bar of soap that was for telling lies and I'd, we had to bite into that soap that was that was horrible but but I mean even more immediate uh, pain was our spanking spoon and some of you you all you you would say oh yeah we had you know a two by four with with uh, holes in it and I'm like ah, I, okay sure our spanking spoon was enough for me and it was this wooden spoon that just had the the 
incredible aerodynamics that just left that stinging feeling going uh shooting through through your leg but um but man that was <laughs> I, we and and I feel like I don't remember uh too much of it uh, the thing that I remember most uh, about the fear of that spoon um more than the pain I can remember sitting next to my dad whether either on his lap or sitting next to him talking through why I was about to get spanked and I remember we he was still working on the relationship it wasn't just off the handle uh you know uh, punishment especially as we got older and it was um you know the question like did your mom so he'd, he'd say Matt so did your mom tell you to stop arguing with Tim like, yes did you continue to argue with Tim yes then what's the punishment for disobeying mom a spanking, you know, and then, and then I would get my spanking, you know, that was, um, and then other times if it was, if I back talked or something, it was an immediate, uh, uh, discipline. Um, or, or it starts, it starts when they're young too. I mean, it's, they, they're reaching for something they're not supposed to reach for. And it's a, a flick on the knuckles and, 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 you know, and I, I, he, there's not a whole lot you can say when you're online and on, on air and, and there's, but there's, the Bible also says, Ephesians 6, 4, Ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. There is a balance to discipline. And you've got, as a father, have to have, and a mother, have to have a walk with God that understands the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. But it also says that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. And anyway, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to do a whole thing on, on biblical discipline, but don't, don't buy into this world's philosophy of raising your kids right. Uh, find, find every verse in the Bible on discipline and on raising your child and on training them and, and start memorizing them and praying about them and thinking about them and looking for ways to apply them in your life. And that will save your kids. And I believe that that was key to saving us kids growing up in a, in a biblically disciplined home. So anyway, that's, that's my, my number five. I, I, I agree, and I'll jump into my my number five in just a second, just to follow up with that. And as you said, only so much you can say on air, and just, you know, you always have to give the disclaimer. You know, they never, you know, never abused us, never that, and none of that was ever even thought of. I never looked at my dad and was I was never scared of my dad. Right. I, I have never been scared of my dad. I've never been scared of my mom. Never one time, even from when I was little. And Matt, as you know, I have a pretty good memory. I remember being little. I remember a lot of things from when I was very, very young. I, I know I was never scared. I like I was, I was, I was scared of hurting them and yes. I was scared of, of those spankings. Right. Yes. And it was never, um, above and beyond, but it was, it was, um, the fear of hurting them, the, yep. and we were taught uh, that sort of turned into teaching us of the fear of the Lord and right. hurting our heavenly father. And, yep. and with those things, how important it was. And it was never whack you upside the head and slap you in the face and none of that. But there was a, a you know, there's a port, an important place for spanking and important time and important, all those things. But, but yeah, to buy, to buy into the new world, uh, philosophy or what everybody teaches nowadays of, of, of your child's just young, it doesn't matter, but is so wrong. And the children, the children, their most formidable years 
is is from that one to five range especially and that foolishness that's bound there has to be unbound and yep. with love and with care and if you don't have a relationship with your kid and you never speak to your kid and all you ever do is yell at them that's not going to help it out just you know yes. throw that out there but we had a relationship yes. we loved we played it was it was fun it was loving it was caring we had a great relationship and and when those things happened uh, man, I, I am very thankful. I'm very thankful for being disciplined and uh, and for all those times. I really do. I, I don't think I would be where I'm at today without them. So um, I think that's very important. And for young couples uh, to not buy to, to buy into what the Bible says, not into what the world says. So my number five um, uh, for reasons why I chose um, is I chose when I was young. Yes, I chose when I was young what I believed and what I was going to continue to believe. Right. As I grew older, I continued to study and reaffirm and ask questions and make sure uh, why I believed what I believed and, and sort of double down and, and keep building that foundation. But I chose when I was young, when I was young, I saw enough people who had grown up uh, that I knew that, that chose the lifestyle of the world. And I saw the destruction that happened in their lives and the and the rough lifestyles that they had and the 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 kids out of wedlock and the and the drugs and the and the alcohol that they en- let enter into their lives and the clubbing mm-hmm. and I saw that pretty young not I mean I didn't see I didn't know exactly what they were doing but I saw their change and their right. their leaving God's will and leaving the ch- leaving uh, the church and right. leaving serving uh, in the ministry and I saw that and I decided you know what I don't want that. I know I want the ones who have decided to stay pure, who have Mm -hmm. gone off, decided to serve God and give their lives to Christ. I know I want that. And so I chose when I was young and I made the decision that there's nothing that's going to sway me. Okay. So when I was nine years old, I surrendered to preach. Um, and I remember, I remember that I decided I, I wanted so desperately and I still to this day, I want to follow God's will for my life. That's, right. that means more to me than anything is to be in God's will. That's all I really care about. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, is because if you're in God's will, everything else will take care of itself. Um, but I want to lead my family in God's will. And that's what I wanted when I was young. And, um, there was nothing that was going to deter me from living for God. I, I, I predecided it. Now it doesn't mean I would never fall and never mess up and, and anything like that, but I predecided, hey, I want to give my life to Christ and I want to serve him and I want to live for him. And I made a decision that in order to do that, there's some steps I'm going to need to take. And right. I decided, hey, I'm going to be pure when I get married. I'm going to make sure my first kiss is at the wedding altar. I'm going to make yep. sure that I'm not touching alcohol. I'm going to make sure that when I'm working in the world and and uh, and working at different places that are, that are secular jobs, that I'm going to stay doing right. I'm going to stand firm on what I believe. I'm not going to let that go. I'm not going to be swayed. I'm not going to be deterred from those things I've taught based on God's word. And so I decided that when I was young. Now, could someone say that, well, that's a lack of being open-minded or anything like that but being open-minded ain't always a good thing just you know for everyone who <laughs> tries to make that out to be a good thing but um, yeah. I think it's good to hear people out but overall um, I I think when I was young I decided and I saw what people chose and I decided hey I don't want choosing uh, uh, anything outside of God's will I want to choose what's inside God's will and I made that decision young and I think that also goes back to your point with the children for those of you listening your children are watching when they're young. I still remember yes. who I saw. I still remember the, the people who were changing changing things when I was young and, and making those decisions and being able to see, 
okay, someone who took that path, not good. Someone who took that path, man, I want what they have. They, they have right. a family. They have children. They, they walk with God. They serve. They help others. They're happy. That's what I want. So that's when I made the decision when I was young. And I, I don't think I'd even turned 10 yet when I surrendered to preach. And I, I knew I wanted to give my life to Christ. And so anyway, I think that's very important is, is um, for me, at least it helped me. And I think hopefully that can be a help to your kids, uh, to someone who's listening, your kids, that, that when they're young, they're seeing all those things. They're seeing the changes. They're seeing the little things and they're picking up all, on all that. So pointing out to them, hey, this is a, this is a good path. This is a path that's not so good, um, I think can be a, be a help. I 100% agree. Um, my next one is, I guess that's number four going up my list to up to number one, is I go kind of going with what you said. I had a personal walk with God early on, and I continued to fight for that personal walk with God. Have I been perfect? No. Uh, can my, my pastor can say all the way back, so since he got saved, he hasn't missed a day in his Bible. And I can't say that, but I, I could, I mean, I can say close to that, but I, I can't say that, but I can say that I developed a personal walk with God, a walk with God that was, that, that was mine and not, not my leader's right? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of good to follow in your leaders, but if you don't have your own personal walk with God, then, then, then you're, you're not going to make it very far and your kids are going to see right through it. And, um, and you're going to, you're going to end up falling. My favorite verse with that is Exodus 15 2. Moses says this, he says, the Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God and I will prepare him an habitation, a place to dwell with me, my father's God, and I will exalt him. He's saying, I, I got this, I got God from my fathers, but he's become my strength, my song, my salvation. He's my God, and I'm going to prepare him a habitation and exalt him myself. And I, I love that that thought process, you know. Um, and Moses, man, he, what a, talk about an incredible decision to um, to turn away from the pleasures of this world uh, to choose yep. to choose to follow God. You know, he had he had all the opportunities he could he wanted uh, to continue as an Egyptian but he knew that his father was a Levite and he knew about Abraham Isaac and Jacob and he decided to follow follow God and be make him become his own God and his own strength and his own salvation his own song and anyway and that's I think so key to young people, um, making it and new Christians making it is you have to develop a personal walk with God and on your own, you have to be seeking God's face. And too many Christians, yep. including me at times, are seeking the hand of God to do something in our life and we're not seeking his face. And so we're constantly, you know, hoping God will move in our life and bless us and give us, hand us things, his blessings. And we're, but we haven't spent time seeking his face uh, in his word and, and getting God to look on us with favor to see that we are pursuing after righteousness and holiness with integrity. And, and that is something I believe that is missing in a, in a lot of, uh, Christians and, and something I guess I struggle with, um, uh, as as a f human in the flesh, I, you've got to battle for a personal walk with God, and I I think that was key uh, to choosing what we chose. 
Yeah, I agree. And a lot of times teenagers and young people growing up, they just sort of ride off of what uh, their parents have have taught and what their parents have pushed them to do. And the personal aspect of their personal relationship never really matters. But I think sometimes, a lot of times, that's because they didn't see their parents with a personal relationship. Their parents were sort of just going through the motions. And I agree. so that's, a, that's convicting to me as a parent is I want my kids – and as they grow up to know that I have a personal relationship, I want them to know dad knows God I, like that. That right. means so much to me. And because we had that growing up, we knew dad knows God. And that personal relationship is so key uh, to knowing God and, and, and God wants and for them to realize the heart of God, that God wants to know them as a teenager, as a young exactly. person, yep. as a child. God wants to know them and being able to pass that down. It's hard. If you're a parent, it's hard to pass that down to a child. The heart of God and seeking God's face if you're not doing it yourself. And that's for all of us. If we're not doing it ourselves, then how do you pass down a walk with God uh, to your children? You can't just say, hey, uh, you know, if your Sunday school, you know, follow your Sunday school teacher, follow the youth pastor, follow. Those things are good, but but they see they see at home more than they see at church. So mm-hmm. you can point them to the pastor, youth pastor, Sunday school teacher all you want, but at home is what makes the most difference. Right. Um, and I firmly believe that. But yep. um, yeah, that's that is that is good. Um my number four, and I won't I won't touch on this for a long time, just because you sort of hit this at the at the beginning. But um, the Baptist heritage, yeah. Um, so many people, um, so many people. Now you you know, hey, uh, are you you uh, uh, you know even pastors now you start different churches and uh, are so are you are you Baptist? Are you an independent <laughs> fundamental Baptist? And be like, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess you could I guess you could call me that. I probably align with that for the most part. You know, they take this sort of just weak stance on it. It's like, no, I I am a Baptist. Yes. And the reason why I'm a Baptist, and we said this in the earlier podcast, is the the goal of being a Baptist is is ultimately to be a Bible believer. That's that's yes. why. Uh, we are Baptists, but when you study the history of the Baptists, what you'll find is believers who were striving to be Bible believers and were not willing to back down from their beliefs despite persecution. When right. persecution came, they were willing to stand strong. And sometimes for things, man, some of the things you you hear about some of, in history from the Anabaptists, Waldensians, all of those things, when some of their lives were on the line for rebaptizing and and stuff like that, it, it, when you put yourself into that situation, it's sort of like, man, would I would I be strong enough to stand as firm as they did? Right. And they stood strong. Yep. They stood strong on what the Bible said, and they were not going to be swayed to yep. change what the Bible said. And they were not going to be swayed by the Catholic Church, uh, yep. by uh, uh, the Methodist Church, by well, Methodist Church, not really, uh, not much with that, but but but, but the many of the other religions sure. at that time. Protestants. Yep, that's where I was going. And uh, read my mind. Um, But they were not going to be swayed on what they believe. So I think that's very important. But not only them, but but all the way from the the Baptists of of hundreds of years ago, but to all the way to the preachers of recent decades who cared about souls, who cared about our nation, who cared about turning people to God. And uh, the heritage of Baptists is one that stands on God's word. 
leads souls to Christ and is not ashamed of the gospel. Many people try and come at the uh, the Baptist preachers of old and and get on them for uh, for the way they spoke, the way they talked. They were they were uh, too hard on people. They were things like that. And I believe God used many of them in great ways. Do we all have personal flaws? I, you could yes. you could find a flaw in every single one of us. But guess what? Paul, the Apostle Paul, literally said, "Though I be uh, rude in speech." yet not in knowledge. Come on. We got to get past the whole rude in speech part. Like Paul, the apostle Paul said he was rude in speech. You know, Paul offended people when he went around preaching. Like right. it, it was offensive. It's not that the goal is to be offensive, but but his point was, hey, I'm rude in, I'm rude in speech. I don't always say things the right way. It's not always coming out my mouth the right way, but my, I'm not I'm not uh I'm not low in knowledge. Like listen to what I got to right. say. And there's pastors and preachers who have taught and we as Christians get so offended by the delivery of the message sometimes that we yeah. fail to uh to learn from the actual message and what they're delivering and Christians we got to get back to to a great piece of they which love that law and nothing shall offend them and get get past the offensive uh, side of Christianity and we're offended at anything the pastor says and even if he misspeaks sometimes they make mistakes sometimes they misspeak sometimes we all yes. we all do so anyway just yeah. the baptist heritage from from baptists of old to uh old preachers of the recent decades who have been proclaiming truth and uh and things like that i st- i stand firm on my baptist heritage yeah, and I love the topic of our Baptist heritage, man. There's some tenacious fighters, and it wasn't. It was the standing against the principle of going against the Bible. It wasn't even necessarily what was being challenged on why they died. It was the fact that the Bible said it, and they're not following religion; they're following the Bible. But anyway, my number yep, three, exactly. my number three reason for for choosing. Um, independent fundamental Baptist is is that I grew up with a love for the Bible and and you may say well Matt you guys have been talking that all podcast like, well it's it's still my number three um a uh, great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them if we could all start loving God's word more the peace and the the nothing shall offend them would solve so many problems in our church and and it would make the critics silent or or just uh um it, they wouldn't matter anymore because you're not offended because all that matters to you is loving God's word but is what is what I'm trying to say is as we grew up um we grew up every night before bed we would do bible stories and uh, my dad would have a, a Bible story and a little application um, that we would act out the Bible story, and we'd set up the couch cushions, and we'd march around the walls of Jericho, you know, or we would we would uh, have something to kill Goliath uh, with a sling and chop off his head and carry his head around, you know, and it, it, it's with a balloon or a watermelon or something, you know. And anyway, we just grew up with the love for the Bible. Obviously, Sunday school did a lot for that as well. Um, but and then scripture scripture songs. My dad he he put a ton of verses scripture verses to song and we would learn those songs and I, I i should have prepared a little better and counted how many i had written it in the back of my bible um all of the scripture songs that i learned as a kid through the songs that my dad would sing with us before bed and it just the bible was so exalted in our home 
as being just so yep. awesome. And uh, and my dad's Bible, I wanted to bring up this point. Um, my dad's Bible is so well-worn and uh, I, it has a smell to it that is just some, I, I know that sounds weird, but that it's a childhood memory. Like I, I still, the smell of his Bible, it's just that worn paper that's just is that leather and that paper yeah. of, of, of years and decades of just daily use. And, um, and anyway, that, that Bible means a lot to me. And that Bible, I just, I could, I can picture that Bible. In fact, a few years ago, I, I rebound it for him. Uh, cause I, and I said, I, sorry, Tim, but I said, I said, I want that Bible. If, if you die, that's, that's my one thing that I want, uh, because that Bible is a childhood, uh, like landmark to me of something we, I just grew up with a, a love for the Bible because I saw my parents. I could say the same thing about my mom's Bible, my mom's silver Bible that was so well worn, and uh, and I and they just a love for the Bible was so big in our home. It wasn't something that everyone was looking for on Sunday morning before church. It had been something that was always out and always being used. And so, so develop a love for the Bible in your home. Yep. I agree. That is that is so true. And I have those same memories. And I was uh, a little bit uh, jealous when I found out you rebound it. I was like, man, that was a great idea. I should have yeah. done that. Um, <laughs> but that was super neat. Um, but yeah, it is it is it is so true. Parents who who love God's word and and that is part of one of mine. But um, I won't get fully into that. I know we touched on that last time, but just parents who love God's word is super important. Um, so my number three, and you hit on this on the last one, and, and just a reminder for anybody who's listening, before we, when we created our list, we weren't uh, comparing notes or anything like that. We just put them together separately. So if, right. you, if you notice us sort of overlapping on some things, um, it's not necessarily intentional. But, um, but uh, number three is uh, separation. And separation and holiness is such a uh, forbidden topic nowadays yes. uh, amongst Christians. And um, but separation from the world is a biblical requirement for the children of God, not to get to heaven, but it's a biblical requirement for the children of God and keeps you from the heartache of a vexed soul like Lot. Lot right. vexed his righteous soul, the Bible says, from day to day, yep. being in the in the world and in the pleasures of sin. And we got to remember as Christians, we're bought with a price. We're bought. We're, we're purchased. We are not our own. And we act like we're our own so much, but we're not. Right. We're bought. Right. And, and we got to decide as a vessel of God's, are we going to be a vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor? Yep. And holiness plays a part in that. There are clean vessels that are meat for the master's use, and there's unclean vessels that are not meat for the master's use. And uh, and I want to be a clean vessel. That is my goal. Am I perfect at it? No, but I want to be. And that should be something as Christians. Hey, we're on our way to heaven. We're saved. We're bought. We're purchased. We have that uh, that joint air uh, airship with Christ. It's incredible. So how about we go be a vessel of honor that can be meet masters use something that God wants to use and wants to flow through someone who's yielding to him so that the Holy Spirit can work abundantly through you exceeding abundantly according to the power that worketh through us and in us that power uh, of a clean vessel God makes that very important and nowadays everyone talks about how how you know God looks on the inside and, and man looks on the outside. 
And that's that everyone always tries to point to that as the reason for 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 trying to do everything like the world does and, and act like them and look like them and dress like them and talk like them and all of those things. And it comes back to guess what? God wants to use a clean vessel our inside and outside. He wants to use both because, right. yes, do men see the outside uh, or yes. And who are we trying to reach? Men, yes. women. We're trying uh-huh. to reach the people who do see the outside. They they do right. see that that's you're trying you're sort of shooting yourself in the foot with that argument saying well men just looks on the outside God looks on the heart yeah God looks on the heart but he also looks on the outside too and the people we're supposed to go reach guess what they see the outside and the outside is yep. a reflection of what's on the inside and so us being a vessel of honor is so important and being separate from the world does not mean you don't speak to the world uh, because uh, they're not like you that's not what it means it means we're not supposed to add the lust of the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the goal of, of money and the goal of, of worldly pleasures into our life because that makes us a vessel of dishonor to our Savior who already purchased us. So separation right. and holiness is a topic that people shy away from, but it's important. It's important for us to stay close to God, for us to be what God wants us to be, and so that we don't fall shipwreck and become shipwreck at the devil who is the devil is seeking to destroy us, and he's walking to and fro seeking whom he may devour. He desires to sift us uh, as wheat. We got to realize that, and the more yielded and consecrated our life is to God, the more he can use us. That's the goal. That's the ultimate goal. It's not to be yes. on some pedestal above another Christian. No way. The goal is to reach souls. And so if I can be a vessel of honor to God that he can use, then that's what I want to be. That's the goal of separation. And people say, right. you know, why can't Christians just all come together and we all just be on the same page and all of those things? It's like we can only be I'll be on the same page with anybody who wants to follow the same pages that I'm following. And that's God's word. Like we'll be on the same page and then let's move forward. Right. But if you don't want to follow God's word, I'll love you. I'll care about you. But we're not going to necessarily be on the same page if you're not following the same pages I'm following. It's just not going to work. Right. So um, so anyway, uh, but separation's a big deal and I care about it a lot. And I I, uh, I, I think it's something that that Christians a lot of times shy away from talking about. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's, that's huge. And we got to see that in our home and, um, and I'm just going to quickly do number two, because I feel like I've hit a lot of these points in the sub points. Um, dad's consistency and love for God, uh, was so, so absolutely key, uh, to, to my grown up. You know, I talked about us have developing a love for God and a personal walk with God, but seeing his consistency, um, and love for God, the Bible says, t- Proverbs 27, the just man walketh in his integrity, his children are blessed after him. And that comes from yep. a father's integrity. And uh, and so having an obvious walk with God, it was just, it wasn't, he wasn't a, um, a Christian on Sundays and uh, oh, a layman uh, throughout the rest of the week. He was a Christian every day and it was an obvious walk with God. He was a soul winner. He was a Sunday school teacher, a bus driver, a deacon. Um, uh, his work, uh, his work, we talked about this last podcast, his work was never promoted or talked much about, but ministry and witnessing and us as his kids, we were the ones that were important to him. Um, um, the uh, dad and mom, they, they taught us to serve God by, by, um, training us by being an example and, uh, seeing that example of, of integrity to be, uh, just, just in, in the way that they, um, 
conducted themselves was huge. I got to see consistency, and I feel like that was key as a as a kid growing up to see all that. Yep, I 100% agree. Um, my number two, and then we need to wrap up soon, is um, is God's Word. I believe why I chose is because I believe that the fundamental Baptist teachings line up the closest to the Bible. Um, I feel like if I was to go start attending other churches and things and and if I start yeah. comparing them and and I know some of them, if I start comparing them to God's word um, and and not just contemporary type churches um, uh, or other other denomination or, you know, you know, Methodist, Presbyterians, obviously, I don't believe they line up to God's word. But even just a contemporary Christian church who says they believe a lot like we believe a lot of times when you compare it to God's word, it's not it's not that lined up, but there's also some IFB churches that I would go attend that I don't feel like they fully line up with God's word either. Um, but I think it's important to be in, and I, in, and we said this originally in independent fundamental Baptist church, that is a Bible believing church, um, is the most important thing. And, and having, being in a church that is pointing, uh, towards, um, towards, towards God's word and towards the lost is very important and matching it. And if you walk, if you're walking with God and standing God's word and, and match, that and the and the pastor is following God and he's a man that you can follow as he follows Christ and we and this is just a side point we're in a world where in churches now where everyone's trying to say oh don't call the pastor the man of God we're you're you're uplifting a man you're and they 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 try and take down any type of authority for the bishop or the elder of the church uh, also known as the pastor uh, the under shepherd all those things and they try and take that down and take that down and take that down and it's like no we're Paul talked about following him as he follows Follows Christ. It, it is right. it is okay to follow a man as they follow Christ. Christ yep. is obviously ultimate, uh, and if that man sways from that, you continue to follow Christ. But it is good to follow uh, to follow a man as he follows Christ. That is not a bad thing, and everyone acts like right. that's a bad thing, and it's not. If you have a pastor who loves the Lord and he's pointing you to uh, to God and to walk with God and to draw close to God, and he's living an exemplary lifestyle according to God's word, that's a man you can follow, and that's a man you should follow. Um, so right. I think that's important. Is is the churches um, that I grew up in the church I go now follows God's word. Um, so last one, Matt, what you got? My last one is the unity in our home and church. And that goes exactly with what you were saying. And if you're not unified behind your pastor, um, then then you've chosen the wrong church. Um, but but make that a yeah. super important thing. If, if, if your pastor follows the Bible, that's how God designed it, is to have a pastor and to have a man of God leading you. You are not your own uh, man of God and pastor. And even your man of God has men of God that he follows as they follow Christ. We are men, and so we need to follow men who follow Christ with with the Bible as our as our final authority. But the unity that we had as a family was seen both at home and at church. And I know I've, I've, I've hit on this so many times, but I didn't go home and see a different dress standard at home than I saw at church. I didn't go home and get to hang out with, with worldly friends in the neighborhood. Um, then, uh, uh, con- contradicting what I, how I was raised in church. I didn't go home to hear fighting and tempers being flown all around the house because, uh, be, um, uh, you know, that it was, there was a consistency, a unity between our home and our church. What was taught in our home, what was taught in our church was taught in our home and what was taught in our home was taught in our church. And, and, 
And that was so, so important that we, we were involved in everything and unified with what was being preached. I never heard something preached and thought, um, thought, I wonder why we don't do that. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't that way. It was just, it was, we were unified with the church and that unit, I feel like teenagers get messed up the most. And I feel like my friends who, who have chosen different paths, um, have one of the number one reasons I would try to, I think I could pinpoint was that they saw so much disunity in their home from the church and so much inconsistency in their parents from the church. And, and that's, there's not a whole lot you can do about that unless they happen to get their own personal walk with God and they can have enough wisdom to see the difference. But most of the time they won't. And I don't believe if I didn't see that unity in my home, if I saw that discord, I probably would have chosen uh, my flesh and followed after uh, the world if I didn't see that kind of unity. So I think that is, I know we've already hit a, a bunch, but that is the number one reason for why I've chosen what I've chosen. Yep. That I, I agree. It's so good. If, if we had that inconsistency, it would have been really hard, uh, to know what to choose. Cause you're conflicted. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a total confliction, yep. uh, within, and, uh, and that's difficult. It's difficult to make a decision when there's, when there's that conflicting, uh, the conflicting sides. Yep. Um, yep. so, so my last one and, and, and there's, there's literally so many avenues we could go with all of these and everything, but really just, um, I think is very important to me is, um, why I chose to remain and to stay, uh, to, with what I've been taught in an independent fundamental Baptist church is I care about the lost and in IFB church was where I learned how to reach the lost and where right. I now have the opportunity to continue to reach the lost. The yeah. battle for souls is a fight that won't stop till eternity. And it's the yep. most important fight. And I don't care Absolutely. what kind of church you go to. If the goal is not to reach the lost and reach souls, then what's the point? What's the point yep. of all of it? It's good that you're saved and on your way to heaven. But if you're not bearing fruit, if you're not striving to bear fruit and be uh, something, uh, someone that God can use to reach others and to tell about his son, then why are we doing what we're doing? Why do we wonder why a lot of Christians um, don't, don't have that close relationship with God. I feel like a lot of times it's, it's, um, they're, they're not fulfilled because they're not serving and doing what he commanded. And, and our duty is to, is to share with others what his son did. And that brings a very fulfilling Christian life, no matter what occupation you do, uh, no matter what you do, it's being able to share uh, share Jesus Christ and share the gospel of Jesus Christ and the death, burial, resurrection, and being able to share that with people is so important. And if you're in a church where that's not an important thing, then I would urge you to maybe find one that, that, that is important. Um, yep. no earthly gain that we can gain here can match heaven gaining a soul. What does yes. it profit a man if he gain the whole world yet lose his own soul? It doesn't right. matter. We get, we're in a Christianity that's so focused on the material, especially in America. We're so focused on the material and it's so easy to get yes. trapped in that but the, the yeah. material doesn't matter it's the eternal that matters like you said earlier with Esau he sold the uh the eternal for the for the um temporal the, uh, yeah the what, temporal that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking for he sold the eternal for the temporal right that was something that could have lasted 
uh, for a long time, yet he sold it for something totally temporary. And, uh, and many other, I know many other churches, many other people care about souls, but I believe the biggest heart for the loss and going into the highways and hedges has been the IFB churches that I've had the privilege to attend and to be a part of and to serve in. And I think that is so big if, if you're considering changing and going to a different church, do they care about souls? Do they right. care about reaching the loss? Is that is that the most important thing? Um, because I believe it is. And if you're uh, if you're not in a place or in a church or in a ministry that cares about the loss and cares about the the people in your community, you don't have much, but you go in there and you share the gospel. Man, the smile on their faces when they come, they get baptized. They they see they see the importance of living for God and, and there's so much joy and fulfillment in that. And, uh, if Christians, if we could just stop being so selfish and focus on all of our earthly things that we so easily get wrapped up in and be focused on the eternal and the eternal soul, man, our Christianity would be so much, uh, I believe cleaner, so much purer, and we'd be so much closer to God and less prone to wander, uh, to the things of the world. And so, uh, those are just, uh, you know, many of the reasons, but i I feel like we could go on for a long time of why we chose what we chose. And, uh, and I think it's very important. And hopefully this is an encouragement to anyone out there, Matt, any final words? I'm just, I'm sure thankful that someone cared enough to soul win to us and to give us the gospel yep. and then to sacrifice enough to give us the the inheritance and the heritage that we've been given. And, and I want to do that for my kids. And, but not only that, that just the next generation's kids to, so they could re- grow up with this type of of belief and faith and we could just pass that on and and that's that's my whole goal for for staying strong you know is to to pass on all that same belief and so so i'm sure thankful someone did it for me i want to do it for the next people yep i agree and uh i'm just thankful for all those who have invested into us and prayed for us and continue to pray for us and things like that and and uh hopefully uh, we can continue to do that for our children and pass that along and uh, and be an encouragement to others. So uh, if you got to listen, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Any uh, questions, concerns, comments, feel free to send it in. And uh, we'd love to hear your feedback and things. But hopefully this is a help to you. That was just the ultimate goal with it. And Matt, thanks for being on. I appreciate it. And yep, to have good you to be here. Sometime. Yep, have a good day. All right, catch you later. Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at thefundamentalbaptistpodcast at gmail.com.